Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Edgy talk, plain talk, unrivaled talk, Mike Graham. The only radio show you can count on for a proper serving of good old-fashioned common sense. In search of the perfect debate. The independent republic of Mike Graham. See it, hear it, think it. Talk radio and talk TV. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. We're still here. Uh, Liz Truss is still there. Um, we're not quite sure where she's going or when she's going or if she's going, but we'll find out today probably uh, what she's thinking about doing for the next 24 hours. John Rensel is here with me. Uh, we're going to be looking at what happened yesterday, a day of drama, a day of high drama, you might say, when Jeremy Hunt, to all intents and purposes, looked like he was in charge of the nation. And it's all gone terribly badly wrong for Liz Truss. Look at the front pages. The ghost PM on the front page of The Sun. Uh, the Mail... In office, but not in power. Uh, we must take decisions with eye-watering difficulty, it says, a quote from uh, Jeremy Hunt. And other times, Hunt's mea culpa could mean £5,000 fuel bills. Brilliant. Fantastic. So, um, the fallout politically, obviously, is going to be discussed this morning, but also the fallout for the consumer, because it means that mortgage rates are still going to go up, but maybe not by 6%, but only by 5%. Oh, fine, that's all right then. Um, and of course, all other prices are going to go up. Inflation uh, is going to enter yet another spiral, uh, and your uh, electricity bill is going to keep going up, and after April of next year, you won't be getting any help to pay it. So, uh, the Tory party... Um, wither the Tory party. I mean, is there anybody in the Tory party who actually knows what's going on, uh, who actually understands what the people of this country want? I don't think there is. We'll be exploring all of that. We'll want to hear your views on it as well, of course. 03444991000. We're going to talk to Bob Seeley, uh, MP. He's got plenty to say about water firms cleaning up their act. He's got plenty to say about NATO exercises. Laura Dodsworth is here as well. Uh, she's talking about the government coup. She's talking about the cost of obesity uh, to the NHS. Also, David Campbell Bannerman is coming in. Uh, he's a very, very traditional Tory chairman of the Freedom Association, former Conservative MEP. He knows how to solve this problem. And it starts with a man by the name of Boris Johnson. Amazingly. Uh, so we'll talk about all of that. Plus, James Corden's been banned from a restaurant for being horrible to the waiters. I think that could possibly be the worst social disease that you can have, to be nasty to people who are serving your food. But uh, we'll be talking about that later. So we'll take your stories of embarrassing uh, episodes in restaurants. I'm sure you know somebody who's been thrown out of a restaurant. I certainly do. Um, and it's not me. 03444991000 is the number. This is the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. We are still in a crisis. Let's get it on. <laughs> I mean... I don't know where to begin, really. John, uh, welcome once Good again morning. to the Independent Republic. Um, 
I guess if the last time I'd seen you, you'd told me all of this would happen, I would have dismissed you out of hand and said, don't be ridiculous, that could not possibly ever happen. Let's just have a quick recap of what happened yesterday. I guess under this Tory government, everybody gets to be Prime Minister for 15 minutes. <laughs> now it's time for leaders to lead. Yeah. Yeah. But where is the Prime Minister? Yeah. Hiding away. Dodging questions, scared of her own shadow. The lady's not for turning up. Well, the Prime Minister is not uh, under a desk, as the Lady. She. I can assure. I can assure the House. With apologies. With apologies to the leader of the opposition and the House, the PM is detained on urgent business. I must hear the answer of why the Prime Minister is not here. The Real House. I'm afraid you will have to make do with me, Mr Speaker. I know that the Prime Minister takes her responsibilities. The central responsibility of any government is to do what is necessary for economic stability. Behind the decisions we take and the issues on which we vote are jobs families depend on mortgages that have to be paid, savings for pensioners and businesses investing for the future. There remain, I'm afraid, many difficult decisions to be announced in the medium-term fiscal plan on October the 31st. I mean, Omni Shambles doesn't even begin to cover it, really, does it? I mean, very good performance from Keir Starmer, you have to say. He's got a new speechwriter, obviously. Those are pretty good lines, weren't they? Absolutely, no. I mean, but he also has a very uh, advantageous uh, political situation. Uh, facing yeah, I mean, if you can't make hay <laughs> while this sun shines, <laughs> exactly. I mean, you can't really do anything, no, but, can you? I mean, in the past, we have had these occasions in Parliament where you think uh, where you think the leader of the opposition is uh, facing an open goal and they yeah. managed to put it over. And the he has, yes, no, that um, has happened before. So he didn't, he didn't do that. No, he's uh, he's got the confidence, I think, of uh, of a thirty point lead in the mm. opinion polls. Yeah, uh, and he's uh, and he's making best use of it. And and you know, on the other side, Liz Truss absolutely looks as if she's checked out. She just looks worn out, doesn't she? She looks as if she doesn't really know what to do. She's, she's kind of like almost rabbit in the headlights. I mean, a lot of people were looking at her performance yesterday in the House. Yeah. And she appeared to be uh, almost sedated. I mean, she didn't look at all well. No, she looked, she looked white. She mm. looked as if she was present but not involved. Mm. Um, I, I mean, it's hard to, hard to feel sorry for her because, I mean, she put herself up for this. She but, did. But uh, I think there must be some psychological uh, pressure on her and yeah. uh, you know the easiest thing I think would be for her just to well you imagine in. her husband and maybe other members of her family would be talking to her and saying you know you're really sure that this is what you want to be doing for the rest of you your life you would have you would have thought you know? so but I mean she really doesn't I, I mean I'm sure she she really really doesn't want to go down as the shortest serving prime minister in history no uh, but uh, well she's on already the other got hand, one record as the worst start to a prime ministerial reign of, of all time I don't think anybody can beat that well you've got to look at Viscount Godrich in uh, in 1827. Um, I mean, when, but... you go, when you go down to Viscount Godrich, who I'd never heard of, uh, you're in trouble, I think, aren't you? Well, he was the one who burst into tears in, in front of the king and, and, and said he didn't think he was up to it. Right. The king took that as his resignation and yes. appointed somebody else. Well, those were the days, I suppose. Um, let's have a look at an interview she gave last night, though, to the BBC, um, and still didn't seem to quite grasp the seriousness of the situation she's in. What I'm focused on 
is delivering for the British public. Now, I recognise we have made mistakes. I'm sorry uh, for those mistakes, but I've fixed the mistakes. I've appointed a new Chancellor. Uh, we have restored economic stability and fiscal discipline. And what I now want to do is go on and deliver for the public. We were elected on the 2019 manifesto. I'm determined to deliver on that, levelling up, securing investment into all parts of our country, getting roads built, getting opportunities right across the nation. And that's what I'm thinking about. And that's what I'm focused on. So um, that's what she's focused on. Um, but everybody else is focused on when she's actually going to leave. Yeah, no, I mean, that was a shocking interview, actually. And yeah. it, 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 it got worse after mm. that because, um, I mean, right, by the end of it, she was she was blinking. She looked in. She looked she was sort of laughing tired. awkwardly. At she th- laughed at awkwardly at the suggestion that she might lead the Conservatives yeah. into the next election. Yes. Um, and so she said she she would, right. but uh, nobody believes her. I mean, I suppose the only saving grace for her, if she does want to stay, is that there's not many people in the Conservative Party who want a general election right now. So if oh, she yeah. refuses to go, um, <laughs> nobody seems... I mean, very few uh, Tories are actually speaking about it at the moment. I heard Roger Gale this morning, um, and everyone who does speak says, well, we could find a mechanism if we had to kind yes. of thing. But, I well, mean, they, I don't well, think anybody wants to do well, that. The Conservatives have a, have a terrible, terrible timing problem, um, which is that, really, they ought to just get rid of her straight away yeah. and, and, and put Rishi Sunak in. Um, but but they nobody can't, wants him either, they do can't, they? Yes, well, of course, well, he, he has his flaws. Um, I mean, they, they can't are, keep and they just... quite serious, but he is the most popular uh, with mm. the general public of the, of the available op- you uh, know, alternatives. Like which one of the great <coughs> train robbers would you like to put in charge? Well, I mean... no, but, the, but the thing is, they're in such a deep hole at the moment, Mike, that they have to do... They, you know, anything would be better. I'm not sure um, it would. I mean, that's what they said about Boris Johnson. Well, Everything's exactly. going to be better than Boris Johnson. Now look what's happened. <laughs> I mean, we're going to that get is, Dave, well, David Bannerman on, who's going to tell us he thinks that there's a grassroots feeling that he should come back. Well, that's precisely the problem, is, is that they managed to, to, to make things worse by getting rid of, of, yeah. of, of Boris Johnson. Um, so so their, their temptation will be, uh, let, the, let the hunt regency mm. uh, continue and, and stabilise and right. settle things. I mean, knowing that she is, she's just a cipher, yeah. let Jeremy Hunt run things. Well, this is it. Bit. I mean, when she said in that how, interview, I've appointed a new chancellor, everybody went, no, you didn't. <laughs> I mean, you know, she really didn't. I mean, he well, kind of appointed she himself. Chose, she chose him. I mean, she, she? Could have, she could have chosen somebody else. I mean, she, you know, she, you think she, she was, thought about choosing Do you not think she was, um, she was invited um, to come to a conclusion that he was the best thing to do next? Well, I think, yeah, she was driven by mm. circumstances to, to one of the few options yeah. that she had. Right. Well, I've got a bit of a shocking thing to uh, admit to you, and this was what happened uh, last so night. So I've heard. Uh, I was on The Talk, uh, which is the show that goes out at nine o'clock at night, of course. Um, have a look at this. If Liz Truss resigns, whether she's pushed out, whatever happens... I think you're right. It has to be a general election. The public are not going to stand by. The, the majority of this country mm. didn't vote for Liz Truss to be um, in charge of our country. If she goes aside, we're not going to give the, the Tories another chance at this. They've got to have a general I'm election. I'm going to shock you now. I think we should have a general election, and I think we should give Labour a go. Wow. wow. You wow. had it here first. Well, the, 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 the reality is we've had 12 years of Tory, Tory leadership, Tory government, and the place is broken. Mm. So much. They've broken it. And they've yeah. broken it. And, they've, and they have broken it. Uh, so that's the talk. I'll be back on it tomorrow night from uh, nine o'clock. People I've have been coming on that. your show for years yeah. and years, Mike, and I've I finally I finally won. Um, well, not really, because the I'm thing here is to do a victory lap. Well, the thing is, right. 
what I said carefully there was that, you know, let them have a go at it because, frankly, I don't think they can do any worse, right? And I no. think the Tories genuinely have run out of ideas, right? Yeah. I'm not saying I'm going to vote for the Labour Party. I'm not saying I would welcome the Labour Party to come in. But they might as well be in because, to be honest... You've saying nice things about Keir Starmer and you yeah. think Keir Starmer would be, would be probably more competent and his party would be more united. Well, it's hard to government. imagine anybody being less competent. Yeah. I mean, I'm still not entirely sure about the front bench of the Labour Party and I think they'll have a lot to learn. They'll have to learn very quick because they haven't been in charge of anything for a very long time. Now, However, I mean, this is such a train wreck. Yes. I'm just sick of them. And they've done nothing for small business. They've hurt small business now. They've reversed everything that they were going to say was going to uh, create growth in the economy. So presumably they're now actively pursuing a policy that they don't believe in. Well, they're pursuing a policy right? that Liz Truss doesn't believe in. Yeah, and she's, well, she's the, the, and the she's Prime the, Minister. And she's the, she's and the nominal Prime all, Minister. And uh, presumably all of the but people in her cabinet which, would, would go along with as well. Uh, which is why they should get uh, Rishi Sunak yeah. in because he won. He won the argument, even if he didn't win the. Yes, uh, the but the other election. problem is, is that what they're doing is universally accepted by most economists to create more inflation, uh, to not get us out of a recession, and in fact to maybe make the recession longer, and to make, very possibly make it even more difficult for people to pay their bills come the new year. What they're doing is balancing the uh, the, the public finances. Yes, but what they're doing, yeah, but as in, yeah, but, but they're causing yeah. inflation to rise more. Right, more they're than not, what? They're, they're than doing than, what Liz Truss was doing? More than I it don't currently think so. is. Yeah, because the thing about that was. Well, that you think was, they should just carry on with Liz Truss's policy? I think. I, well, get I, quasi, I was get in, quasi Quartet back in. Well, I was in favour of, of, of their budget. I didn't think there was anything wrong with it, right? Well. But <laughs> the markets didn't like it for, all, for a whole variety of reasons. All those socialist, uh, socialist yeah. bond well, it traders no, it wasn't in the, so in the much that. They didn't, didn't like think it. that they had shown how they were going to pay for it. And I understand that. I understand that, but yes. there's no question so, that, so that the it, people so of the this... So the sums didn't on, add up, but you still think they should have gone ahead with sums no, that didn't add up? No, it's not that the sums didn't add up. What I'm saying is, is that I would like the Conservative Party to be in charge, which is in favour of tax cutting rather than tax increasing. And I'd like... Paid a, for by borrowing. I'd like... Well, I don't care how they pay for it. They pay for lots of well, things by borrowing. Mess, you can't just say, I don't care how... Well, this is how we got, ended no, up in the we mess got, we're no, in, No, we got Mike. into the mess we're in you, because... <laughs> no, because they borrowed too much money during furlough and during COVID and during the pandemic. And then they borrowed even more to pay for tax cuts. Exactly. Right. Which was a stupid idea. Yeah, it was maybe a and, stupid and, idea, and the wrong idea, the people, and a mistake. Yes. and they've gone back on it. And now you're saying they should have, they should have, they should have on stuck with, the mistake. with it. To be honest, it would have been better if they had, because then no, at least, wouldn't. then at least we could have had something to believe in. We've now got a rudderless, vacuous, complete husk of a party pushing a line that they don't even believe. And that's where we are. John Rental is here. Um, I'm saying let's get the Labour Party in. What do you make of that? Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. This is Talk TV. Nationwide, by your side, Talk Radio and Talk TV. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. John Rental is here, Chief Political Conversation at the Independent. I've asked everybody this question in the last sort of few days, but I, d- I doubt you'll be able to answer it any better than anybody else. What actually is going to happen? Well, nobody knows. I mean, <laughs> it, it's a question. I mean, the, the question is: Do Conservative MPs have the collective discipline uh, and and sense of purpose to to do what's necessary, which yeah. which is to put Rishi Sunak in? Uh, and uh, to, but that would be an incredibly unpopular move. I would have thought with who with the public of the country because no. certainly and during during the times of the, uh, the 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 runoff between him and and, and her, yes. his trust, he was he more was popular seen, with the general public. No, he yes. was see, no, he was seen very much as a backstabber. The guy who who started no no, no the slide, by, by by people who by Tory party members. Yes, some Tory party yes. members. No, by quite a lot of Tory party well, members. Well, yeah, and they, they didn't want matter. him. 
Well, they do matter because they they're the should, people... They sh- they're, they're the people the, who got us into this mess well, in they're the, the first people, place by well, making the wrong no, choice. No, hang on. Hang on. The Conservative Party has got themselves into this mess collectively, and it's the Westminster Party in particular that's No, no, it's the party members because, who voted for Liz Truss. No, no, Trust. no, but they were only given two choices, and they really didn't want Rishi Sunak, so they voted for Liz Truss in slightly larger numbers. Yes. And so, therefore, the he general... will be an unpopular choice with those people. But among the people of the country, which is what really ought to I don't matter, think people like Rishi, Rishi Sunak. Rishi, Rishi no. Sunak is the least unpopular... Uh, option well, available. I think. And so they ought, I think they ought that, to go for him. I think it won't. That, it won't save the next election for them. But the, you know, it's quite important to Conservative MPs if they're looking to their self-interest to save fifty to to one hundred and fifty seats uh, by getting in the the, the least offensive. But it'll uh, be surely a lame duck government then for the next two years because you'll have a guy who has no money who can't do anything, uh, who will be uh, sort of more or less captaining a team uh, which is inevitably going to be knocked out of the competition, and he won't be able to do, he won't be able to do anything will. to help the economy because the economy is in such dire straits. It's just going to get worse but that and would worse apply and worse. Who, that would apply whatever, whatever the government Well, it's in worse was. state now um, because and of it would, what... It would no, apply if, Labour, if, if there were a general election and Labour took over, uh, you know, imminently, they would face exactly the same problems Well, not and really. Not quite, because a lot of the choices that are now facing the Tory party were created by the Tory party. So, <laughs> you know, it didn't have to be quite as bad as this. Well, it does. I mean, that's, that's the problem. As Rachel Reeves so rightly says, the damage has been done. Uh, and actually, because of because of what's happened over the past few weeks, people's mortgages are going to be more expensive. Yeah. And the government's uh, interest bill is going to be more expensive. And that means the public finances are in, in an even and worse instead of giving people than they were. A, a helping hand to get through that by cutting taxes, albeit they could have done it so temporarily rather than rather than permanently. They've wiped all that out. And so even well, quite the right, lower rate it couldn't be afforded. Well, the lower rate taxpayers are now going to be punished. Because well, no, of this Tory government. Well, they get a national insurance cut, which I think is still uh, too much, and that should have uh, that should have been reversed. Well, as that well. was only just put but, up, though. That's the point, and that was Rishi Sunak who put it up. Yeah, and then he put it put it right. Down so again. you're telling me he's the man with, with the great sort of sense of how to steer yes. an economy. Yes, he recognised that you have to pay for these things that you that you want. Well, maybe you should have thought of that. Well, maybe you should have thought of that when he, he started. Did think of that. his That's various... why he put up taxes. No, but he didn't think of it when the furlough uh, money was going out. He didn't think about it when the treasury was giving away five billion pounds. Of course, he thought about by that. people was... who were defrauding the treasury, and they've now given up trying to get it back because it's too hard to do. I mean, he tried to be honest with people that, uh, that this, these emergency measures were necessary, but they would have to be paid for in the long term. And people didn't, yeah, but, just didn't want to hear yeah, but it, that second part of that sentence. No, but the, yeah, but, no, but the point is it wasn't done uh, in any way efficiently. You know, a lot of these people, a bit like a bit like Jeremy Hunt, he has this reputation for being, you know, the straight guy, for being the responsible guy. Yeah. And there's no reason to have that reputation. He's made that reputation for himself and he's pushed it out as a PR spin machine. Well, he's um, a good communicator, yes. Uh, yeah, and same with Rishi Sunak. Rishi Sunak was hopeless as a chancellor. You could never tell me that he didn't get us into this mess because he did well i think i think he borrowed too much yeah. and spent spent too exactly. much on on furlough but you're I telling think, me he's a safe pair of hands yeah, well compared to compared to the alternatives yes absolutely i mean it's a shocking state of affairs this from steve who says we've gone from a mini budget which saw predictions of the fastest growth in the g7 to talk of a long and painful recession uh jeremy hunt quasi quarting and liz trust should have stuck with the plan backbench meddlers in the conservative party caused this and i'll never forgive them and that's the other thing that the damage well, that is being now done to the conservative party if people brand, want to defy defy the laws of uh, arithmetic then that's up to them well people it, have been it, doing it that for work, years it wasn't well, working and the city 
right? the city didn't accept it. No, that's fine. But let's face it, let's go back to George Osborne and his days of austerity and his yeah. days of inventing money and quantitative easing. They've been doing this for a long time. We have been, you know, sucking uh, on the uh, on the teat, if for want of a better word, <laughs> uh, of free money yeah. for too long. No, that's, but that, We've that, got that, used to it. You're confusing two completely different things. No. I didn't agree with austerity. Uh, but uh, quantitative easing was 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 a necessary policy to deal with the financial crisis, uh, and but quantitative you know, easing is another way of saying inventing money, printing, make, printing money, printing yes. money well, out for, of nowhere. For a long time, it worked. Yeah, um, uh, until it until it until didn't. It didn't. Uh, right, <laughs> and so here we are. So let's face it: the Conservative Party's financial and fiscal policies over the course of the last several years, yes, have got us here. Right. Absolutely. And that's why they're going to lose the next election come what may. But I, all I'm saying is that if Conservative MPs want to minimise their losses, uh, they need to get rid of Liz Truss in, in reality, um, we're not going to have general election, are we, anytime soon? Because no, nobody because, in the Tory party wants one. Well, it's up to the Prime Minister. And yeah. uh, Liz Truss certainly doesn't want one. And whoever replaces her... Uh, even if they manage to make some improvement in the uh, in, in the party standing, so we're basically it's not going to want to just We're stuck with Liz no. Truss for the for the foreseeable future. It seems. Well, we're st- we're, we're stuck with the conser- with a Conservative Prime Minister for mm. the, for the foreseeable future until January twenty twenty five, which is the last date you can have. A and listening to to some people talking last night. Uh, it was clear that whatever they do decide to do, even if they do want to remove Liz Trust, it takes a bit longer than, than you think. You can't just go, that's it, unless she resigns tomorrow. Well, they could. I mean, if they if if they agree on a single candidate, mm. but uh, that requires requires quite a lot of political manoeuvring behind the scenes, yes. doing it in private, which is quite difficult. Yeah, and uh, I mean, when you get to the stage where Andrew Bridgen is saying that you don't have any friends, <laughs> it's a very interesting place to be, <laughs> is it not? No, they're in a terrible, terrible state. And, and she's think, going around trying are. to convince them that everything's fine. She's seen the ERG Today group yeah. to try and convince them, I don't know what of, um, but that, that she, they well, should like try, it. She's trying to convince people to give her, you know, give her another week or two mm. uh, as Prime Minister. She, she think, She's hoping, I suspect, to survive until the Halloween budget mm. uh, and thinks Spooky. that once that, once that happens and if, it, if, it, if it's a reasonable success, then <laughs> she hopes things I mean, will settle I'm down. I'm sorry to laugh, but I mean, if it's a reasonable success, you know, she well, might have had a chance if she had kept saying, look, we, please, let's just stay the course. Let's take some time. Let's see it working. And then you can criticise me if it doesn't work in six months time. Yeah. But having now completely reversed everything, yeah. there's no point in saying anything, is there? Well, no, but she couldn't carry on as she was with those with those failed policies because because interest, but they didn't get a chance rates, to fail. Interest rates were going up and the markets yeah. weren't were, yeah. weren't but the buying mar- it. So the markets now dictate everything. In other well, words, but it's always been the case that the, you know, the market you know you have to reassure the markets. If 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 your government uh, cannot convince the markets to lend it money, then uh, but before then yesterday you haven't made it before to the starting yesterday position. the pound had pretty much um, you know levelled up. The, the pound was fine. The bond market you, was you okay. Were saying it, was all, it was all it was all fine, and they shouldn't have U-turned. Well, I don't think they should. I don't think U-turns are ever good, you know, because <laughs> well, all of it course dealt. they are. If you turn from the no. wrong position to the right but, position, but that not, is an improvement. But not so quickly, because it just makes you look like an idiot. Because if you thought it was that bad in the first place, well, you should never have done it. That's why she's got to go, Mike. Well, that's what you say. Um, I want to hear what everybody else has to say because um, I just think it's time for them all to go. I'm, I think we should just have an election. Let's get it on. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the number. Let's talk about that. John Rental, thank you very much indeed. Um, fascinating times we live in. I mean, I can't really quite believe uh, what goes on every single day. I mean, I say to people all the time, are we having a quiet week? We're going to go on holiday at some point. Uh, this is Talk TV. 
Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk TV. Lots going on, lots of you getting in touch. Um, loads of you have got interesting things to say about what I've said. Mike Graham on the money again, says Glenn. Uh, Tories should act like Tories. They can find billions for illegal immigrants and billions for the dysfunctional NHS. So Mike's right. I don't care how they find the money to pay for tax cuts. Just find it. Well, that's the point. Surely the point about being a Tory uh, is that you're not in favour of high taxes, that you're not in favour of high public spending. And what you are in favour of is giving people more money uh, of their own to do with what they will. The government doesn't know how to spend your money better than you do. It's as simple as that. 0344 499 1000. It's a fascinating time uh, to be doing what I do. It's a fascinating time to be doing uh, what many people in Westminster do. Uh, we're going to talk now to Bob Seeley, MP, Conservative MP for the Isle of Wight, member of the Foreign Affairs Select Committee. A couple of interesting stories to talk about away from uh, the drama, the psychodrama of what's going on inside the Palace of Westminster and Downing Street. Uh, some terrible discoveries in Ukraine uh, where uh, Russia is using drones to attack people uh, in Kiev, uh, Kiev with kamikaze drones these things apparently come in and they're being likened to what the old um, v1 and v2 rockets were like during the second world war that the nazis and hitler used to send over uh, where they terrify people they hover and then they find a target and then they actually just you know start killing people um and also we're going to talk about the isle of wight a little bit too uh, bob very good morning to you good morning good morning Mike. good morning to thanks your very much to, to indeed for talking to us um it's, it, things have sort of ratcheted up a bit in Ukraine in the past couple of weeks, haven't they? I mean, ever since that bridge was blown up going into Crimea, uh, it seems as though uh, Putin has stepped up his military attacks on civilian targets. These drones in particular seem to have come from Iran as well, I'm told. They are. I mean, look, they're pretty effective in what they do. We have loitering drones ourselves, and I think the Americans have them, and they're pretty unpleasant and frightening things. Mm. It is an escalation. But it's probably not a surprising one because the Russians have been, I mean, what's surprising is that the Russians have been so bad at using drones and combining them with artillery for so long uh, that by buying these loitering drones where they can sit in the air and hover around uh, a series of targets for uh, for some time before then being dropped on one of them, it was probably only a matter of time before the Russians got them. So that, it is an escalation, but they will say they're answering the, the longer-range missiles that the West have supplied them with, the, the Ukrainians with. Mm. But, I mean, what it means in ba- on balance is, once again, that the civilian cities of Ukraine are, are sort of targets again. Yeah, and this is the, okay, this is the really important point, Mike, and you're absolutely right to say that. Uh, in September, you had uh, an end of one phase of the war, which is the phase where the Russians thought they could maybe win in eastern Ukraine, in southern Ukraine. The the collapse of their front in Kherson, uh, sorry, in, in Kharkiv, in northeast Ukraine, um, showed the Ukrainians that actually they, they could win. There was a route to victory. It won't be easy, but they can do it. Um, since then, you've had the annexation, which is Russia tried to Putin trying to say this war's defensive, uh, the threats to use nuclear weapons and the mass mobilization to try to hold the territory that he's got. He now is going to target um, the political will of the West and he's going to target the political will of the Ukrainians so to survive another year of war. So by destroying Ukrainian infrastructure, he's going to say to the Ukrainians, I'm going to wear you down. And by destroying their economy and making it very difficult for Ukrainians to live a normal life by firing these missiles into Ukrainian cities on an almost random daily basis, mm. it doesn't really what the targets are. He's basically trying to create fear amongst civilians. So the Ukrainian economy is effectively collapsed. The Ukrainians can't defend their cities. You may get more, um, you get more um, refugees, etc. So he's trying to cause chaos amongst civilians, slightly what he did in Syria. So that's yeah. his plan. 
I mean, it's great... sort of it sort of reminds me rather horribly of the siege of Sarajevo, where people couldn't walk the streets. You know, they yeah. were being you know, sort of having bullets fired at them from snipers' rifles up on the hills above the city. I mean, it's a bit like that. It, it is. I mean, to be honest, probably you're absolutely right. And I was in Sarajevo a few months ago, and remember, uh, actually, I was there for the siege about 20, 25 years ago, a long mm. time now. I remember yeah. those shots coming in. It was a miserable and a frightening experience. Yeah. And you see it at the end of siege. It's almost what is almost more apt, especially because of the Russian command, is what happened in Syria, where the Russians effectively created mass panic, um, especially under the current Russian commander who was in Syria at the time. You create mass panic amongst civilians and you make it very difficult for soldiers and a state or you know uh, the, the community to defend itself because effectively you're using civilian fear as a weapon in war. Yeah, uh, let's talk a little bit about what's happening uh, on our shores. Um, you've been seeing the Environmental Agency. Uh, we saw some awful pictures and videos over the course of the late summer uh, with all the sewage, raw sewage being pumped into the sea. The Isle of Wight was, was particularly badly hit, as was the south coast of Sussex, where I like to take my dog for a walk. Um, what, have you, what have you managed to uh, achieve? What have you been saying? What have you been talking about? Well, OK, when the environment... Okay, the, Clearly, the amount of poo, to, to uh, not to put too fine a point in it, the amount of, of sewage going into the sea and our rivers and our beaches is completely unacceptable and has been for years, and it's a worsening problem over the last 20, 25 years. And I think government is now catching up, and we've rightly put through this Environment Act, which is going to be a game-changer. When that was happening, I persuaded Southern Water, and I said to Southern Water, you need to prioritise the Isle of Wight, and you need to run us as a your sort of pilot scheme... Mm example of best practice so i'm very happy now that they're pouring a lot of time money and effort into making sure that the isle of wight's beaches and rivers indeed are much cleaner than they're going to be um and so that's what i've been persuading them to do and you know we have regular demonstrations and protests uh, about the quality of and you know don't get me wrong my, most of our beaches are pretty clean most of the time but sometimes when there is a uh, seawater um, rainwater discharge that's when you get the pollution, that's when mm. you get the switch into the sea, and that's not acceptable. So the Isle of Wight is now going to be an example of best practice for Southern Water, who I'm delighted to say seem to be serious about wanting to clean up their act. What I want to do is make sure that the Environment Agency is all over them uh, and making sure that they use the, uh, the island as an example of best practice, because not only do we have sea swimmers, including people like myself, occasional sea swimmer, but we've also got our beaches are really important mm. for our tourism. Our yeah, of course. The- but, I mean, what they need to do, surely, is to spend a lot of money on their infrastructure so that when there are these incidents where there's a lot of rainwater, it doesn't result in uh, the spillage of sewage into the sea, because that seems to be the issue. There, there is, and there's there's very expensive ways of achieving this, and there's slightly cheaper ways of achieving this. The idea that you can simply build a dual system in the UK is going to cost tens of billions. It's going to be unaffordable, and it will take years, if not decades. So what they're doing is some infrastructure work. And clearly, look, there's a terrible problem with leakage of water in this Unbelievable. country. It's a separate issue. It's pretty shocking in its own right, to be honest. When it comes to overflow, because the overflows happen when you've got a rush of rainwater in the system, if you can do some restructuring of your pipelines and some restructuring of your, you know, your, your infrastructure, but you combine that with other things like on industrial estates, uh, on roadways, on driveways, working out how you absorb more water in the ground around that and less going into the drains, you can have a significant impact. And I'll tell you one example uh, in related to that. In a little village called Haven Street, which some of your listeners may know because it's famous for its fantastic little steam railway, mm. um, the uh, Southern Water have given out slow water or slow release butts, these butts that collect water mm. and they re- 
them into the ground very slowly afterwards. Right. And since that has happened, there hasn't been a single case of, of sewage discharge into the pipes there. So what we're trying to do now is roll out this scheme throughout the island. So we're doing practical things that everyone can help with when it comes to reducing the amount of stormwater or uh, um, rainwater that goes into the system at certain times and will therefore hopefully do a significant amount to prevent uh, raw sewage going into the beaches and seas around the yeah. island and indeed off the coast for running. Yeah. Now, I can't let you go, Bob, without at least one reference to what's going on in Westminster at the moment. I mean, Fair enough. You've got uh, uh, you've got a Prime Minister uh, who is assailed from all sides. You've got a 30-point lead from Labour. You've got Keir Starmer actually looking quite good uh, in the House, saying, well, everybody gets the chance to be Prime Minister for 15 minutes. I mean, it must must not be a very pleasant time to be a Tory MP right now. Right. To all your to your listeners of years, I'm sorry for the mess of things. Uh, we're trying to sort them out. And I, I'm very much hoping that this is not going to be it can't be a permanent state of affairs. Uh, we need to govern. And to your listeners who say we want lower taxes, I agree. We absolutely do. We also need stability and instability. Um, it, then the problem is then you have greater pressure on the pound, you have greater pressure on interest rates. So we need lower taxes, but we also need to make sure that we balance the books as best yeah. we can. And we also need that stability. And we're going to find that. And I'm sorry that we are that things have been, frankly, in such a state yeah. of shambles. It doesn't make me happy. No, I'm because sure we should be. Uh, we should be the natural party of government. And, and I do still feel that, you know, Keir Starmer is the greatest help to sleeping aids since his office, frankly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, the, the, tr the trouble is, I think a lot of people, a lot of people for government. Yeah. A lot of people, Bob, now just concerned about their own savings, their own expenditure, their own survival, really. So I don't think anybody actually cares who's in charge as long as they do it right. Uh, um, I'm very much hoping that normal service will be resumed very soon. Okay, appreciate it, Bob. Thanks very much indeed, Bob Seeley, MP for the Isle of Wight, member of the Foreign Affairs Select Committee. I mean, I think that's true, isn't it? I think most people listening to this show will say, "Look, just give us somebody who can run the country." It's not asking much. That's your job. For God's sake, get on with it. This is Talk TV. Edgy talk, plain talk, unrivaled talk. Mike Graham, the only radio show you can count on for a proper serving of good old-fashioned common sense. In search of the perfect debate. The independent republic of Mike Graham. See it, hear it, think it. Talk radio and talk TV. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. We're still here. Uh, Liz Truss is still there. Um, we're not quite sure where she's going or when she's going or if she's going, but we'll find out today probably uh, what she's thinking about doing for the next 24 hours. John Rental is here with me. Uh, we're going to be looking at what happened yesterday, a day of drama, a day of high drama, you might say, when Jeremy Hunt, to all intents and purposes, looked like he was in charge of the nation. And it's all gone terribly badly wrong for Liz Truss. Look at the front pages. The ghost PM on the front page of The Sun. Uh, the Mail in office but not in power uh, we must take decisions with eye-watering difficulty it says a quote from uh, jeremy hunt and other times hunt's mere culpa could mean five thousand pound fuel bills brilliant fantastic so um the fallout politically obviously is going to be discussed this morning but also the fallout for the consumer because it means that mortgage rates are still going to go up but maybe not by six percent but only by five percent oh fine that's all right then um, and of course all other prices are going to go up inflation uh, is going to enter yet another spiral uh, and your uh, electricity bill is going to keep going up and after april of next year you won't be getting any help to pay it so uh, the tory party um wither the Tory party. I mean, is there anybody in the Tory party who actually knows what's going on, uh, who actually understands what the people of this country want? I don't think there is. 
we'll be exploring all of that. We'll want to hear your views on it as well, of course. 0344 We're going to talk to Bob Seeley, uh, MP. He's got plenty to say about water firms cleaning up their act. He's got plenty to say about NATO exercises. Laura Dodsworth is here as well. Uh, she's talking about the government coup. She's talking about the cost of obesity uh, to the NHS. Also, David Campbell Bannerman is coming in. Uh, he's a very, very traditional Tory chairman of the Freedom Association, former Conservative MEP. He knows how to solve this problem. And it starts with a man by the name of Boris Johnson. Amazingly. Uh, so we'll talk about all of that. Plus, James Corden's been banned from a restaurant for being horrible to the waiters. I think that could possibly be the worst social disease that you can have, to be nasty to people who are serving your food. But uh, we'll be talking about that later. So we'll take your stories of embarrassing uh, episodes in restaurants. I'm sure you know somebody who's been thrown out of a restaurant. I certainly do. Um, and it's not me. 0344 is the number. This is the Independent Republican Mike Graham. We are still in a crisis. Let's get it on. <laughs> I mean... I don't know where to begin, really. John, uh, welcome once Good again morning. to the Independent Republic. Um, I guess if the last time I'd seen you, you'd told me all of this would happen, I would have dismissed you out of hand and said, don't be ridiculous, that could not possibly ever happen. Let's just have a quick recap of what happened yesterday. I guess under this Tory government, everybody gets to be Prime Minister for 15 minutes. <laughs> now it's time for leaders to lead. Yeah. But where is the Prime Minister? <laughs> away, dodging questions, scared of her own shadow. Yeah. The lady's not for turning up. <laughs> well, the Prime Minister is not uh, under a desk as the <laughs> She... I can assure... I can assure the House. With apologies... With apologies to the Leader of the Opposition and the House, the PM is detained on urgent business. <laughs> I must hear the answer of why the Prime Minister is not here. I'm afraid you will have to make do with me, Mr Speaker. I know that the Prime Minister takes her responsibilities. The central responsibility of any government is to do what is necessary for economic stability. Behind the decisions we take and the issues on which we vote, our jobs families depend on, mortgages that have to be paid, savings for pensioners and businesses investing for the future. There remain, I'm afraid, many difficult decisions to be announced in the medium-term fiscal plan on October the 31st. I mean, Omni Shambles doesn't even begin to cover it, really, does it? I mean, very good performance from Keir Starmer, you have to say. He's got a new speechwriter, obviously. Those are yes. pretty good lines, weren't they? Absolutely, no. I mean, but he also has a very uh, advantageous uh, political situation uh, facing Yeah, him. I mean, if you can't make hay <laughs> while this sun shines, <laughs> exactly. I mean, he can't really do no, anything, but, can he? I mean, in the past, we have had these occasions in Parliament where you think uh, where you think the leader of the opposition is uh, facing an open goal and they yeah. managed to put it over and the And he has, yes, no, that um, has happened before. So he didn't, he didn't do that. No, he's uh, he's got the confidence, I think, of uh, of a thirty point lead in the mm. opinion polls. Yeah, uh, and he's uh, and he's making best use of it. And and you know, on the other side, Liz Truss absolutely looks as if she's checked out. She just looks worn out, doesn't she? She looks as if she doesn't really know what to do. She's she's kind of like almost rabbit in the headlights. I mean, a lot of people were looking at her performance yesterday in the House. Yeah, and she appeared to be 
uh, almost sedated. I mean, she didn't look at all well. No, she looked she looked white. She mm. looked as if she was present but not involved. Mm. Um, I, I mean, it, you know, it's hard to, hard to feel sorry for her because I mean, she put herself up for this. She but, did, but uh, I think there must be some psychological. Uh, pressure on her and uh, you know the easiest thing I think would be for her just to well you imagine her husband and maybe other members of her family would be talking to her and saying you know you're really sure that this is what you want to be doing for the rest of your life you would have you would have thought so but I mean she really doesn't I I mean I'm sure she she really really doesn't want to go down as the shortest serving prime minister in history no Uh, but uh, well she's already got one record as the worst start to a prime ministerial reign of of all time I don't think anybody can beat that well you've got to look at Viscount Godrich in uh, in 1827. Um, I mean, when, but, you go, when you go down to Viscount Godrich, who I'd never heard of, uh, you're in trouble, I think, aren't you? Well, he was the one who burst into tears in, in front of the king and, and, and said he didn't think he was up to it. Right. The king took that as his resignation and yes. appointed somebody else. Well, those were the days, I suppose. Um, let's have a look at an interview she gave last night, though, to the BBC um, and still didn't seem to quite grasp the seriousness of the situation she's in. What I'm focused on is delivering for the British public. Now, I recognise we have made mistakes. I'm sorry uh, for those mistakes, but I've fixed the mistakes. I've appointed a new chancellor. Uh, We have restored economic stability and fiscal discipline. And what I now want to do is go on and deliver for the public. We were elected on the 2019 manifesto. I'm determined to deliver on that, levelling up, securing investment into all parts of our country, getting roads built, getting opportunities right across the nation, and that's what I'm thinking about, and that's what I'm focused on. So, um, that's what she's focused on, um, but everybody else is focused on when she's actually going to leave. Yeah, no, I mean, that was a shocking interview, actually. And yeah. it, 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 it got worse after mm. that, because, um, I mean, right, by the end of it, she was she was blinking, she looked incre- She looked. She was sort of laughing tired. awkwardly at She laughed at awkwardly at the suggestion that she might lead the Conservatives yeah. into the next election. Yes. Um, and so she said she, she would, right. but uh, nobody believes her. I mean, I suppose the only saving grace for her, if she does want to stay, is that there's not many people in the Conservative Party who want a general election right now. So if she refuses to go, um, nobody seems... I mean, very few uh, Tories are actually speaking about it at the moment. I heard Roger Gale this morning, um, and everyone who does speak says, well, we could find a mechanism if we had to kind of thing. But, I mean, I don't think anybody wants to do that. The Conservatives have a a terrible, terrible timing problem, um, which is that, really, they ought to just get rid of her straight away and, and, and put Rishi Sunak in. Um, but, but nobody they can't, wants him either. They do can't, they? Yes, well, of course. Well, he he has his flaws. Um, I mean, they, they can't are, keep. And they just... are quite serious. But he is the most popular uh, with mm. the general public of the of the available op- you know, uh, alternatives. Like which one of the great <coughs> train robbers would you like to put in charge? Well, I mean, no, but, the, but the thing is, they're in such a deep hole at the moment, Mike. They have to do they, you know, anything would be better. I'm not sure it um, would. I mean, that's what they said about Boris Johnson. Well, Everything's exactly. going to be better than Boris Johnson. Now look what's happened. <laughs> I mean, we're going to that get is, Dave, well, David Bannerman on, who's going to tell us he thinks that there's a grassroots feeling that he should come back. Well, that's precisely the problem, is, is that they managed to, to, to make things worse by getting rid of, 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 yeah. of, of Boris Johnson. Um, so so the, the temptation will be, uh, let, the, let the hunt regency mm. uh, c- continue and, and stabilise and right. settle things. I mean, knowing that she is, she's just a cipher, yeah. let Jeremy Hunt run things. Well, this is it. it. I mean, when she said in that how- interview, I've appointed a new chancellor, everybody went, no, you didn't. <laughs> I mean, you know, she really didn't. I mean, well, he kind of appointed she chose, himself. She chose him. I mean, she, she? Could have, she could have chosen somebody else. I mean, she, 
you know, she, do you think she, she was, thought about choosing. Do you not think she was um, she was invited um, to come to a conclusion that he was the best thing to do next? Well, I think, yeah, she was driven by mm. circumstances to, to one of the few options yeah. that she had. Right. Well, I've got a bit of a shocking thing to uh, admit to you, and this is what happened I, last so night. So I've heard. Uh, I was on The Talk, uh, which is the show that goes out at nine o'clock at night, of course. Um, have a look at this. If Liz Truss resigns, whether she's pushed out, whatever happens... I think you're right. It has to be a general election. The public are not going to stand by. The, the majority of this country didn't vote for Liz Truss to be um, in charge of our country. If she goes aside, we're not going to give the, the Tories another chance at this. They've got to have a general election. I'm going to election. shock you now. I think we should have a general election, and I think we should give Labour a go. Wow. Oh. You wow. had it here first. Well, you, the, 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 reality is, the reality is we've had 12 years of Tory, Tory leadership, Tory government, and the place is broken. Mm. So much. They've broken oh. it. And they've yeah. broken it. And, they've, and they have broken it. Uh, so that's the talk. I'll be back on it tomorrow night from uh, nine o'clock. People I've have been coming on that. your show for years yeah. and years, Mike, and I've I finally I finally won. Um, well, not really, because the I'm thing here is to do a victory lap. Well, the thing is, right. What I said carefully there was that, you know, let them have a go at it because, frankly, I don't think they can do any worse, right? And I no. think the Tories genuinely have run out of ideas, right? Yeah. I'm not saying I'm going to vote for the Labour Party. I'm not saying I would welcome the Labour Party to come in. But they might as well be in because, to be honest... You've just been saying nice things about Keir Starmer and you yeah. think Keir Starmer would be, would be probably more competent and his party would be more united. Well, it's hard to government. imagine anybody being less competent. Yeah. I mean, I'm still not entirely sure about the front bench of the Labour Party and I think they'll have a lot to learn. They'll have to learn very quick because they haven't been in charge of anything for a very long time. Now, However, I mean, this is such a train wreck. Yes. I'm just sick of them. And they've done nothing for small business. They've hurt small business now. They've reversed everything that they were going to say was going to uh, create growth in the economy. So presumably they're now actively pursuing a policy that they don't believe in. Well, they're pursuing a policy right? that Liz Truss doesn't believe in. Yeah, and she's, well, she's, and the she's the prime minister. And she's the she's And the presumably all, uh, all of the but people in her cabinet which, would, would go along with as we, well. Uh, which is why they should get uh, Rishi Sunak yeah. in because he won. He won the argument, even if he didn't win the. Yes, uh, the but the other election. problem is, is that what they're doing is universally accepted by most economists to create more inflation, uh, to not get us out of a recession, and in fact to maybe make the recession longer, and to very possibly make it even more difficult for people to pay their bills come the new year. What they're doing is balancing the uh, the, the public finances. Yes, but what they're doing, yeah, but, as in, yeah but, but they're causing yeah. inflation to rise more. Right. More they're than not, what? They're, they're they're more doing than, what Liz Truss was doing. More than I it don't currently think so. is. Yeah, because the thing about that was. Well, that you think they was, should just carry on with Liz Truss's policy? I think. I, well, get I, quasi, I was get in, quasi Quartet back in. Well, I was in favour of, of, of their budget. I didn't think there was anything wrong with it, right? Well. But the markets <laughs> didn't like it for, all, for a whole variety of reasons. All those socialist, uh, socialist yeah. bond well, traders no, in the, in so the so markets. That. They didn't think that they had shown how they were going to pay for it. And I understand that. I understand that, but yeah. there's no question so, that, so that the it, people so of the this... So the sums hang on, didn't add up, but you still think they should have gone ahead with sums no, that didn't add up? No, it's not that the sums didn't add up. What I'm saying is, is that I would like the Conservative Party to be in charge, which is in favour of tax cutting rather than tax increasing. And I'd like... Paid a, for by borrowing. I'd like... Well, I don't care how they pay for it. They pay for lots of well, things by borrowing. it's not You can't just say, I don't care how... Well, this is how we got, end no, up in the we mess got, we're no, in, No, we got Mike. into the mess we're in you, because... <laughs> no, because they borrowed too much money during furlough and during COVID and during the pandemic. And then they borrowed even more to pay for tax cuts. Exactly. Right. Which was a stupid idea. Yeah, it was maybe a and, stupid and, idea. And the wrong idea. But the people, and a mistake. Yes. And they've gone back on it. And now you're saying they should have they should have, they should have on stuck with the mistake. With it. To be honest, it would have been better if they had, because then no, at least wouldn't. then at least we could have had something to believe in. We've now got a rudderless, vacuous, complete husk of a party pushing a line that they don't even believe. 
and that's where we are. John Rensel is here. Um, I'm saying let's get the Labour Party in. What do you make of that? 0344 499 1000. This is Talk TV. Essential, edgy, engaging. Advanced postulation for any angry nation. Ask for it by name. Talk Radio. The home of common sense. Nationwide, by your side, Talk Radio and Talk TV. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. John Rental is here, Chief Political Conversation at the Independent. I've asked everybody this question in the last sort of few days, but I, d- I doubt you'll be able to answer any better than anybody else. What actually is going to happen? Well, nobody knows. I mean, <laughs> it, it's a question. I mean, the, the question is: Do Conservative MPs have the collective discipline uh, and and sense of purpose to to do what's necessary, which yeah. which is to put Rishi Sunak in? Uh, and uh, to but that would be an incredibly unpopular move. I would have thought with who with the public of the country because no. certainly and during during the times of the, uh, the 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 runoff between him and and, and her yes. his trust he was he more was popular seen, with the general public. No, he yes. was see, no he was seen very much as a backstabber, the guy who who started no, 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 the slide by by, by, by people t- who by Tory party members. Yes, some Tory party yes. members. No, by quite a lot of Tory party well, members, well, yeah, and they didn't they want matter. him. Well, they do matter because they they're the should, people... They sh- they're, they're the, the people the, who got us into this mess well, they're in the, the first people, place by well, making the wrong no, choice. No, hang on, hang on. The Conservative Party has got themselves into this mess collectively and it's the Westminster Party in particular that's No, no, it's it the party members who voted for Liz no, Truss. No, 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 but they were only given two choices and they really didn't want Rishi Sunak, so they voted for Liz Truss in slightly larger numbers. Yes. And so therefore the he general, will be an unpopular choice with those people. But among the people of the country, which is what really ought to I don't matter, think people like Rishi, Rishi Sunak. Sunak. Rishi, Rishi no. Sunak is the least unpopular... Uh, option well, available. I think and so. They ought, I think they ought that, to go for him. I think it won't. That, it won't save the next election for them. But the, you know, it's quite important to Conservative MPs if they're looking to their self-interest to save fifty to to one hundred and fifty seats uh, by getting in the the, the least offensive. But it'll uh, be surely a lame duck government then for the next two years because you'll have a guy who has no money, who can't do anything, uh, who will be uh, sort of more or less sort of captaining a team uh, which is inevitably going to be knocked out of the competition, and he won't be able to do he won't be able to do anything well, to help the economy because the economy is in such dire straits. It's just going to get worse. But that and would worse apply. Who, that would apply whatever whatever the government. Well, it's in worse was. state now um, because and of it would, what, it would no, apply but, if Labour if if there were a general election and Labour took over. Uh, you know, imminently, they would face exactly the same problems. Well, not and really, not quite, because a lot of the choices that are now facing the Tory Party were created by the Tory Party. So <laughs> you know, it didn't have to be quite as bad as this. Well, it does. I mean, that's, that's the problem. As Rachel Reeves so rightly says, the damage has been done, uh, and actually, because of because of what's happened over the past few weeks, people's mortgages are going to be more expensive. Yeah, and the government's uh, interest bill is going to be more expensive, and that means the public finances are in, in an even and worse instead of giving people than they were. A, a helping hand to get through that by cutting taxes, albeit they could have done it so temporarily rather than rather than permanently, they've wiped all that out. And so even well, quite the right, lower rate it couldn't be afforded. Well, the lower rate taxpayers are now going to be punished because well, no, of this Tory government. Well, they get a national insurance cut, which I think is still. Uh, too much, and that should have uh, that should have been reversed. Well, that well. was only just put but, up, though. That's the point, and that was Rishi Sunak who put it up. Yeah, and then he put it put it right. Down so again. you're telling me he's the man with, with the great sort of sense of how to steer yes. an economy. Yes, he recognised that you have to pay for these things that you that you want. Well, maybe to do. you should have thought of that. From the well, maybe crisis. you should have thought of that when he, he started. Think of that. his That's various... why he put up taxes. No, but he didn't think of it when the furlough uh, money was going out. He didn't think about it when the treasury was giving away five billion pounds. Of course, he thought about by that. people was... who were defrauding the treasury, and they've now given up trying to get it back because it's too hard to do. 
I mean, he tried to be honest with people that, uh, that this, these emergency measures were necessary, but they would have to be paid for in the long term. And people didn't, yeah, but, just didn't want to hear yeah, but, that. But second, it wasn't the, the yeah, second but, part no, of that. No, but the point is, it wasn't done uh, in any way efficiently. You know, a lot of these people, a bit like a bit like Jeremy Hunt, you know, he has this reputation for being, you know, the straight guy, for being the responsible guy. Yeah. And there's no reason to have that reputation. He's made that reputation for himself, and he's pushed it out as a PR spin machine. Well, he's um, a good communicator. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and same with Rishi Sunak. Rishi Sunak was hopeless as a chancellor. You could never tell me that he didn't get us into this mess because he did well i think i think he borrowed too much yeah. and spent spent too exactly. much on on furlough but you're I telling think, me I he's a safe pair of hands yeah, well compared to compared to the alternatives yes absolutely i mean it's a shocking state of affairs this from steve who says we've gone from a mini budget which saw predictions of the fastest growth in the g7 to talk of a long and painful recession uh jeremy hunt quasi quarting and liz trust should have stuck with the plan backbench meddlers and the conservative party caused this and i'll never forgive them and that's the other thing that the damage well, that is being now done to the conservative if party people brand want to defy defy the laws of uh, arithmetic then that's up to them well people it, have been doing that for work, years it wasn't well, working and the city the city didn't accept it. No, that's fine. But let's face it. Let's go back to George Osborne and his days of austerity and his yeah. days of inventing money and quantitative easing. They've been doing this for a long time. We have been, you know, sucking uh, on the uh, on the teat, if for want of a better word, <laughs> uh, of free money yeah. for too long. No, that's, but that, We've that, got that, used to it. You're confusing two completely different things. No. I didn't agree with austerity. Uh, but uh, quantitative easing was, was, was a necessary policy to deal with the financial crisis. Uh, and but quantitative you know, easing is another way of saying inventing money, printing, make, printing money, printing yes. money well, out of for, nowhere. For a long time, it worked. Yeah, um, uh, until it until, until it didn't. It didn't. Uh, right. <laughs> and so here we are. So let's face it: the Conservative Party's financial and fiscal policies over the course of the last several years, yes, have got us here. Right? Absolutely, and that's why they're going to lose the next election come what may. But I, all I'm saying is that if Conservative MPs want to minimise their losses. Uh, they need to get rid of Liz Truss in, in reality, um, we're not going to have a general election, are we, anytime soon? Because no, nobody because in the Tory party wants one. Well, it's up to the Prime Minister. And yeah. uh, Liz Truss certainly doesn't want one. And whoever replaces her, uh, even if they manage to make some improvement in the uh, in, in the party standing... So we're basically stuck, not going with, to want a general we're stuck election with Liz either. Truss for the, for the foreseeable future, it seems. Well, we're, st- we're, we're stuck with, the conser- with a Conservative Prime Minister for, mm. the, for the foreseeable future until January 2025, which is the last date you can have a And listening to, to some people talking last night, uh, it was clear that whatever they do decide to do, even if they do want to remove Liz Truss, it takes a little bit longer than, than you think. You can't just go, that's it, unless she resigns tomorrow. Well, they could. I mean, if they, if, if they agree on a single candidate. Mm. But uh, that requires, requires quite a lot of political manoeuvring behind the scenes, yes. doing it in private, which is quite difficult. Yeah, and uh, I mean, when you get to the stage where Andrew Bridgen is saying that you don't have any friends, <laughs> it's a very interesting place to be, <laughs> is it not? No, they're in a terrible, terrible state. And, and I she's think, going I around trying are. to convince them that everything's fine. She's seeing the ERG Today group yeah. to try and convince them. I don't know what of, um, but that, that she, they well, should like try, her. She's trying to convince people to give her, you know, give her another week or two mm. uh, as prime minister. She she think, she's hoping, I suspect, to survive until the Halloween budget mm. uh, and thinks Spooky. that once that once that happens and if it if it if it's a reasonable success then she hopes things <laughs> I mean, will settle I'm down. sorry to laugh but I mean if it's a reasonable success you know she well, might have had a chance if she had kept saying look we please let's just stay the course let's take some time let's see it working and then you can criticize me if it doesn't work in six months time yeah. but having now completely reversed everything yeah there's no point in saying anything is there 
Well, no, but she couldn't carry on a, a, as she was with those with those failed policies because because interest, but they didn't get a chance rates, to fail. Interest rates were going up, and the markets yeah. weren't were, yeah. Weren't but the mar- so the markets now dictate everything. In other well, words, the, but it's always been the case that the, you know, the market you know you have to reassure the markets. If 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 your government uh, cannot convince the markets to lend it money, then uh, but before then yesterday you, you haven't made it before to the starting yesterday position. the pound had pretty much um, you know levelled up. The, the pound was fine. The bond bond market you were, was you were okay. It was, all, it was all it was all fine, and they shouldn't have U-turned. Well, I don't think they should. I don't think U-turns are ever good, you know, because <laughs> well, all of it. Of course, dealt, they are. If you turn from the wrong no, position to the right but, position, but that not, is an improvement. But not so quickly, because it just makes you look like an idiot. Because if you thought it was that bad in the first place, well, you should why never she's have done got it. to go, Mike. Well, that's what you say. Um, I want to hear what everybody else has to say because um, I just think it's time for them all to go. I'm, I think we should just have an election. Let's get it on. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the number. Let's talk about that. John Rental, thank you very much indeed. Um, fascinating times we live in. I mean, I can't really quite believe uh, what goes on every single day. I mean, I say to people all the time, are we having a quiet week? We're going to go on holiday at some point. Uh, this is Talk TV. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. A uh, fabulous restaurant over in uh, Kensington, of course, and, and, and many others besides. We've got a story, James, a very good morning to you, about morning, uh, Mr. Superstar James Corden. Now, you might tell me he's been in your restaurant because you get a lot of celebrity visiting uh, visiting your restaurant. He's apparently been, he was banned from Balthazar's. I know Balthazar's in Covent Garden. I don't know the one in New York, but it's apparently very similar. It was built as a kind of a, um, a replica, if you like. Because he was very, very rude. The most abusive customer ever, according to the guy that runs Balthazar's. Because apparently he ordered with his wife, who I think we can just see him walking into a do now with, um, ordered a white egg omelette and was given some, uh, f- some, some kind of white egg omelette that had a bit of yolk in it. And he went berserk. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> what do you, I mean, what do you do with people like that? <laughs> OK, <laughs> where do you start with that? Okay, was it, is he still barred or is he, no? Uh, apparently, no. Apparently, um, the the restaurant owner actually put out a, an Instagram post, and he saw it, and then was horrified because I think he'd obviously forgotten how much of a, a really miserable character he had been, and so he profusely apologised. And so the Balthazar's guys have now said, well, since he's been uh, so gracious in apologising, we will uh, let him back in. But he was banned. Oh. He was basically banned because of his behaviour. Look, at the end of the day, there's there's absolutely no reason whatsoever to ever talk badly to anybody in in in, in polite society, no. regardless of their standing. It doesn't matter if you're talking to King Charles, if you're talking to the fellow who brings you your your tea. At the end of the day, we're all human, we're all people, and we're all worthy of respect. And um, yeah, I mean, absolutely. If you're if you're rude, if you're aggressive, you deserve to be banned. 100%. But have you had have you had that? I mean, you've been in the restaurant business all your life, really. I mean, have you ever had? A really, really horrible customer, and how did you deal with them? Uh, I've only in fifty-five years of having our restaurant, we've only ever banned two people, which I think is not bad going. That's pretty good. Anybody we know? <laughs> uh, Michael Winner was banned for about ten years. Oh, was he? Yeah, yeah, he was banned for about ten years for being particularly rude to my mum. Right. Um, my dad called him a dirty man with dirty money, and then because <laughs> he, he used to live around the corner from there, didn't he? He did. He did. He lived. He, did, he lives in a house that's known by uh, now owned by Robbie Williams. Yeah. Okay, right. Yeah. But he was he was particularly um, he was particularly in a in a bullying mood that day. Right. I think. And was he, he not a restaurant that. critic as well at one point? He was. He would win his dinners. Yeah, for the Sunday Times. Yeah. yeah. He was, and he spoke very kindly to us on many occasions, most of which after we after we banned him, which was quite <laughs> odd. <laughs> 
that's brilliant. And who was All the other one then? Really nice. Oh, the other one was just some fella who refused to leave because he was drunk and being abusive. So in the end, me and a couple of other guys just picked up his table and walked the table out of the restaurant, and he was sat there by himself with no table and a knife and fork in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> and then he realized, and then when he finally stood up to leave, everyone got up and applauded. Yeah, I mean, I had a very interesting one um, in New York actually, because you know how they take their service very seriously in New York, and they yes. used to, I used to go to this little restaurant down in the West Village called Brussels, which was Brussels with an X in the middle, and. Mm-hmm. Um, I went out. There was there was four of us going out for a meal, and um, as we was as we sat down, and they were sort of we were looking at the menu and perusing the menu. Um, I felt this kind of tickle on my leg, and I looked down, and there was a cockroach climbing up the inside of my trouser leg, and I thought that's not great, you know. And it is New York, and people know there are cockroaches. It's one of those things. And um, I called the waiter. I said, "Excuse me." I said, um, "There's a cockroach just climbing up my leg here. Um, maybe you need to do something about that." And he went, "Are you sure he didn't bring it with you?" And I was like, sorry. He said, well, it might have been in the taxi. I'm like, I said, look, I'm pretty sure there's never been a cockroach in a taxi. Anyway, the meal was, was, was very nice, but his, his, his routine was pretty grumpy and he was not very pleasant as a waiter. So the, the bill came and it was quite expensive. Gave him no tip. And he yeah. came back and he said to me, excuse me, sir. He says, I think you've forgotten to tip us. I said, no, I haven't forgotten to tip you. Uh, I've basically decided not to tip you, not least because you were pretty grumpy, but also because a cockroach climbed up my leg and you didn't seem to be very sympathetic. And he said, well, thanks very much indeed. He said, don't come back. And it was like, so, yeah, he's like, don't come over. So effectively tell, tell mm-hmm. us to just get out. Because they can be like that in New York. They can be very rude, particularly if you don't give them any money for a tip. <laughs> well, lucky. I mean, you know, he's obviously a very blessed man that he can turn away business like that. I, I wouldn't be quite so bold, to be honest with you. Well, Mike. it was the 80s. So everybody had a lot of money in those days, unlike now. Yeah, not anymore. <laughs> no, exactly right. So have you never had James Corden in your place then? I have never had James Corden in my place, certainly not to my knowledge anyway, Mike. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, if he comes in, he'll be treated with five-star service just like everyone else is, to be honest with you. Yeah. And I think it very much depends on the kind of uh, how you set up your place. I think that customers like to find something of themselves reflected in the restaurant that they go to. Right. So you set yourself up to... Oh, we've just we've just we've just stalled out there for a moment. We'll see if we can get that back uh, in a moment. We're talking to James Chiaverini there about uh, about the value of just being nice to people. I think we've got you back, James. Oh, good. Here I am. Yeah, sorry. Just so- that- oh, that's okay, Mike. So I was just basically saying that I think it very much depends on how you set up your restaurant. If you have a very low key, modest neighbourhood restaurant like we do, we're gonna you're gonna you're gonna attract those same kind of people. Mm. I think uh, I think Mr. McNally in New York is renowned for running slightly more glitzy places, and you're going to attract a certain more glitzy clientele, and that comes with this whole other set of problems. Yeah. As, you know? Do you know what I find very irritating? And I know some people will go, "Oh, look at you talking about going out for dinner when nobody can afford to." But I'm really yeah. annoyed at these restaurants that give you a sort of two-hour window, and they go, "It's yeah. already you're going in already feeling a bit resentful." Because you're going, "Well, yeah. we've got a table for seven, but you've got to be out of it by nine o'clock." You know, it's nonsense, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, I mean, the average, I think a lot of that is done on basically average turn time. So it is a business like any other business. And, and we work to the two hour rule, but we don't, we don't enforce it. So mm. in the sense that we'll always keep a couple of tables like up our sleeve. So that we know that if a customer or a table does want to stay longer, then you've got, a, you, you can rejig the plan. Right. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a bit like those things that, that you know, that planning is, planning is imperative, but plans themselves are useless. Mm. When you start service, you don't know how long people are going to stay. No. 
No, exactly right. And finally, let me just ask you about the shenanigans going on down in Westminster, because um, uh, we're hearing, as of yesterday, a lot of pubs are actually closing up uh, over the course of the next few weeks and months because they can't afford yeah. the electricity bills. They can't afford the heating bills. Um, restaurants are going out of business. I think you and I have yeah. spoken before about some restaurants now only opening for a limited number of evenings or a limited yeah. number of days. Um, yeah. I know you've got a fixed-term uh, bill situation, but it's pretty serious, this, isn't it? It's incredibly serious. It's incredibly serious. It's going to be brutal. It's going to be, or just pray for a mild, windy winter, effectively. Uh. If this continues, and we, if you have a particularly bad cold snap and the war in Ukraine doesn't doesn't show any sign of ending soon, I think there's going to be a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of places just chucking the keys back to the landlord. Um, and I think, to be honest with you, I think the business rates, the rent, I think that's the minimum of it. If you can't mm. afford to pay your utilities and you can't afford to pay your staff, you've got no business left. It's just yeah. that simple. No, exactly. And what do you make of the whole Liz Trust Jeremy Hunt business? I mean, do you want him to be the next Prime Minister? No. <laughs> my, In a word. In a word. But who do I want to be Prime Minister? I actually think, and I was thinking about this last night, I think, and this, I, I appreciate that this is out there, I think the Tories could turn it around. Okay. I think they can win the next election. And I think they can do it if they appointed somebody who is very good on the economy, as Chancellor, and they took somebody like Kemi Badenak as Prime Minister, mm. and she went after Labour on the whole woke agenda. Yeah, and you know she could, she, and you, and they could go to town on Labour on that effectively. And if they could keep the market stable and just keep jabbing at Labour on the whole thing that they don't even know what a woman is, mm. I think that they've got a chance of bringing back into the fold the working class Tories that they've lost desperate and they're mm. desperately back. I grew up in a working class conservative neighbourhood, South East London. There is no, nobody represents those no. people anymore. No, shocking. Nobody. Shocking state of affairs. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm going to come and, uh, I'm going to come and abuse your staff uh, shortly uh, and come and uh, get myself there a, a late lunch and see how we get along. But thank you very much indeed. James Chiaverini from your Portico restaurant. James Corden, uh, the worst and most abusive customer ever. I need your stories about when you went to the restaurant, what you saw, what you did. Uh, or maybe if you got thrown out. 0344 499 1000 is the number. This is Talk TV. See it, hear it, think it. Talk radio and Talk TV. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk TV. It is a glorious day out there. There's a blue sky uh, and there is plenty of blue sky thinking, but sadly it's only in here. Uh, it's not out there because there's no common sense to be found anywhere between here and Westminster, between here and Downing Street, between Downing Street and Whitehall. Uh, the world seems to have gone collectively bonkers, particularly the Tory party. I was saying earlier in the show, uh, last night on the talk, I said maybe we should give the Labour Party a go and see if they can mess it up any more than we Tories have already, right? And when I say we Tories. I'm talking about the guest that I have here uh, with me, David Campbell Bannerman, former Conservative MEP, Chairman of the Freedom Association. He's going to be telling me why the answer might be to bring back Boris Johnson. And that might not be so far-fetched as you think. There's already a plot to instill Rishi Sunak. There's already another plot to keep Jeremy Hunt there and make him Prime Minister. There's plenty of plots to get rid of Liz Truss. She says she's not going anywhere. She's meeting with various groups of Tory MPs. She had a cabinet meeting this morning. Uh, Is it all going to calm down? Is she suddenly going to become popular? Answers to all of those questions uh, will become clear over the course of the next 20 minutes or so. Uh, I'm Mike Graham. This is the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. Let us talk to Mr Bannerman. David, nice to see you. Thank you for coming in. Thanks, Mike. Um, It seems incredible, doesn't it, that Boris Johnson was Prime Minister of this country, uh, took us out of uh, the European Union, Covid suddenly arrived, Covid went, 
Then suddenly um, we went into another period of, of sort of uh, mourning for Boris Johnson, if you like, because he mm. was forced out, mm. rightly or wrongly, by, by Westminster MPs. And now we're in possibly the worst situation that any Tory Prime mm. Minister has ever been in, aren't we? Yeah. Well, thanks, Mike. It's great to be in the Independent uh, Republic. Welcome. Here. It's, it's, it's much calmer here than outside. It really is, say. yeah. And there is a sense of calm, uh, which, is, which isn't <laughs> out there calm, in, the big wide, in the big wide world. But what's going um, on? Well, I mean, uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I, I do support Liz Truss, but if she is forced out by MPs, uh, which seems to be the way of, the way it's going, mm. there, there are all these plots mm. going on, I think Boris is the only alternative because Boris is obviously he's well known. He mm -hmm. was prime minister before. He's leader of the party not long ago, as you point out. Um, and the the thing is, you can't have another new face and sell another. So. You know, it becomes a complete joke, mm. the thick of it almost. And um, and the thing is, you know, if you look at the polling, uh, we've gone for three or four percent after Partygate, after relentless attacks mm. by the media, the, the less sensible media, yes. on Boris. Uh, to 14% once he was pushed out mm. to minus 36% today. Mm. It was, you know, that is oblivion time for the Conservative Party. Mm. I mean, it's utter disaster. It's almost like Canada went down to, you know, Conservative Party went down to two seats yes. in Canada. We don't want to be going into election, in my view, that, you know, in that scenario. What I think we need to do, if this trust, if the MPs do it again, another coup push out, you know, instead of a coronation, mm. I certainly will not, tolerate Rishi Sunak no. about he's a loser right but you know Boris actually could be invited back the membership still wants it two-thirds of the members they were never asked mm. hence the Boris uh, ballot well because you had a campaign for a while didn't you to try and get his name actually onto the ballot with this I did try I never Sunak. got an answer from uh, Conservative Central Office really? I wrote to the chairman never got an answer this mm. is how discourteous sometimes they are or chaotic mm. I don't know uh, but yeah, Conservative Post, Claire and, and Lord Crudders, uh, they did a super job in getting uh, a petition together. And there were at least 22,000 uh, acknowledged names on that yes. petition. There's a new one, Bring Back Boris, right. 15,000. Right. Uh, well, because it has been, whether you agreed with his departure or not, an mm. absolutely unmitigated disaster ever since he left. You know, people said, yes. well, he must go because, you know, he's mm. had his time and it's, it's a terrible state we're all in and it can only get better rather than worse. Well, it's got worse. It's got worse. A lot worse. Um, I mean, the funny thing, he was a unity candidate, mm. Boris, actually, when you think about it, because everyone thought as long as he's an election winner, which he clearly was, largest majority, 80 seats since 1987 yeah. under Lady Thatcher, you know, he was a winner and it united the party behind him. Yes. And then they did, the MPs decide to get rid of him. It wasn't the members, it wasn't the public, just the MPs. Mm. I think they'll be thinking very carefully today. There's a, there's a chart of the UK mm. with, uh, if you take the, these polls, the latest polls through, there's hardly any blue on it mm. on the UK, including my area, East of England, which right. is, which is uh, predominantly isn't it? conservative. You yeah. know, it would be a wipeout. So, it, you know... In those circumstances, would it not be sensible to invite back the election winner like Boris um, and uh, give him another chance, do an agreement with him, you know, less of this net zero, mm. let's park that, let's uh, let's go, let's keep Liz Truss's low tax policies, mm. but do it over a longer period, you know, uh, less rushed. 
you know, there's a lot of things that can yeah. be done, and it would be a successful combination in two years' time, in my yes. view. Because there's no indication at all, is there, that Jeremy Hunt, who reversed all of her, basically, tax policies yesterday, that he's ever going to bring any of those back. I mean, there's no suggestion from him that that's the way forward. So we've effectively got a guy who's sort of appointed himself, I think. I don't even think this trust really had any choice, yeah. that he was sort of foisted upon he her. Foisted. Uh, he's mm. completely reversed everything uh, mm. and gone down the Rishi Sunak route, which is not what the members voted for. I mean, I think there's a darker agenda, mm. to be honest, behind this, which is Britain cannot look too successful, having had Brexit, mm. show up the EU. I mean, we've got less inflation in the EU. We're doing better than Germany mm. at the moment. Um, I mean, Biden, President Biden having a go is disgraceful. But mm. what's he worried about? Again, right. they're worried about Reagan economics. Yes. Uh, which is basically what trust was And they doing. keep saying that doesn't work, when it, am- it absolutely does work. There's plenty of evidence. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, look, we, we've got th- uh, the top 1% of, of income tax payers in Britain pay 30%, mm. nearly a third of all income tax. Yeah. And that is that used to be a much smaller proportion. Mm. But by cutting taxes, you actually, you know, people at that level actually are, are more prepared to pay tax absolutely right. in this country. And also, why wouldn't <clears> you <throat> cut it from 20 to 19%, which actually eventually does help everybody. It certainly helps those who are less well off. It does. I mean, I'm more worried about the loss of the corporation tax mm. because, look, we've got to be competitive. We've got to get investment into into Britain, yeah. especially post Brexit. You know, build up uh, with these new trade deals. Yeah. Hopefully, with India, we're nearly there. Um, y- y- there's real opportunity, but I'm more worried about that actually at the moment. The cost of you know the cost of living package I thought was really needed. Mm. I mean, what I've noticed by the way is everyone stopped talking about the cost of living package after yeah. this announcement right. because it had been sorted. It was a very generous package. It was well done. Mm. Now it's being unpicked to some extent. Um, and well, I'm funnily enough getting a lot of people asking me the question does this mean come April we are going to have these ridiculously sky high energy bills? And the answer is probably yes. But of course, when you mm. ask anybody in power, they say, oh no, well, we'll do something about that. Well, they did do something about that and mm. then you reversed it. So, yeah, what's I. Happening? I, I I don't think we know. I mean, you know, there was there was some talk of it being about a 200 billion mm. liability yeah. if, if we just rolled it out to everyone. I think what will happen, it'll be more targeted after April, but yeah. hopefully it'll be warmer in April. Yes. Normally is. Well, let's hope um, so. And life is easier. And we can tell but I don't know if down. life will be easier because the problem for a lot of people will be that their interest mm. rates have gone up, their mortgages mm. have gone up, so they'll have a lot less money to spend. So therefore, the recession will be longer and, mm. and, and the, uh, the, the people will have less money in their pockets so that everything will suffer businesses will suffer restaurants will suffer you know bars will suffer every single company in this in this land will suffer and it seems to me uh, richard littlejohn wrote a great piece in the mail today that this mm. kind of uh, jeremy hunt style mm. uh, economics is very much pro the sort of global multinational companies and very mm. anti-small business it, it's i'm afraid i think this is the wider agenda mm. it's globalists it's corporatists yeah. uh, big corporations i think richie is part of yeah. that um, you well, know, it's the world he uh, knows, isn't it? It's the world he knows, you know, billionaires, mm. big banks. I don't knock it. He's been very successful. But, you know, where his, is his true loyalty? Mm. I mean, he's got a green card, for heaven's sake, yes. you know, which is I was a student at Wharton Business School in America. Uh, I know that's halfway, mm. if not three quarters of the way, to all citizenship yeah, right. in the US, you know. And he wants to be prime minister here. Why Why not over there? Right. Um, well, I, I, 
it's a very, very serious situation. Um, but I think bringing Boris back would stabilise mm. things, you know. Uh, as I say, I do support Liz. Uh, let's see how the dust settles. But if these MPs are determined to push Liz out, then let's get Boris back. None of this unity. Mm. There, there would be no unity candidate because there is no unity. There is no unity candidate. The question is, no. would Boris come back, though? Well, I, I don't know, but I think he he would, actually. He's a good true public servant um, and he didn't want to go um, and uh, he said he would be back mm. and he might be back before we... Well, uh, do you know, realize. I did say at the time when yeah. he did leave that final day in that speech in Downing Street, he didn't look like a man that was sorry to be going. I think he was quite happy mm. to have the pressure taken off him for mm. a while and maybe circumstances change yeah, and he have. comes back and they, and they really have because yeah, they really have, they've got they? incredibly who, much Who worse. would have believed the pace of this mm. change? I mean... Um, I, I mean, I genuinely think it's very credible. I think what's changed also is that many of those Rishi supporters, ironically, mm. MPs I know, yeah. are actually quite pro-Boris coming back. I know it sounds ironic, mm. but because they've been left out of the, in the cold mm. with the Liz administration, they, a lot of them weren't taken in by right. the Liz administration. Um, and also, I mean, you know, backs against the wall time. Mm. I mean, you know, this is wipeout time, many of these MPs, and maybe they're better off with an election winner in two years' time rather than... Right. Uh, uh, well, maybe yeah. they're better off Sign having on. an election now, losing to the Labour Party, watch them take it even further down into the, the, mur the murk and the, the, the gloom, <laughs> yeah. and then another snap election two years from then, and Boris comes back for that. Well, I, I think we'll be decimated. There won't be many MPs left, mm. um, and... I don't think this is the time to do that. I think that would be suicidal. And, you know, I remember being out of power for 13 mm. years, uh, you yeah. know, and it's a long, grim period. Uh, and Labour, of course, haven't said anything about what they're going to do. No. They, they say they're not going to change very much. Now, what we know is that Keir Starmer um, wants to start up his own energy company. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what he <laughs> well, would call it. That would go well. <laughs> I'd... I'd I don't know what that would be based on, but but no, they haven't. They've got away, of course, with with saying nothing mm. about what they're going to do. Well, they haven't had to do much they to look good. They just step back and yeah, let us uh, commit Tory Harry Kiri, as I call but it. But there is a terrifying thought, isn't there? If you think about the the bare bones of what Labour is on the front bench, you've got Angela Rayner there, you've got people like David Lammy, you know, characters mm. that would come in and do God knows what Quite damage extreme, to to yeah. to the sort of the structures of and, and the infrastructures of this country. Yes, they would. Uh, uh, I, I'm not in favour. Let's get Boris back. If if you know if they are going to push Liz out, which I think is regrettable, but if they go down that route, let's get Boris back. Let none of this sort of trying to have a unity candidate mm. or coronation that is undemocratic the members I mean, will not stand for it by the way no they will create a new national union of independent democratic associations i i know people who will do this with a new constitution and could that split the party then? it will be a new party it right. will be the conservative party the conservative party didn't exist before 1998 mm. in in law it's right. quite curious it used to be a national union of independent conservative associations okay and they had their own constitution, and they gave that up. You created this central office, the William Hague mm. reforms, nineteen ninety-eight, and he's all part of this as well. Oh, anyway. yeah. And and where has that led us? Well, we went from half a million members to one hundred twenty thousand. Right. Uh, we've gone up a bit under Boris. Um, you know, it's been a bit of a disaster. But I, I can tell you that you know the, the strength of feeling amongst the membership. If they get um, overlooked or or treated with contempt again like they were over Boris and other matters, 
uh, and candidate selection and all of this, they will do it themselves and they will start again. Mm. And maybe that would be very refreshing. But that is a very real mm. option at the moment. Fascinating. David Campbell-Bannerman, thank you very much indeed. Former thank Conservative you. MEP, uh, Chairman of the Freedom Association. Bring back Boris. Well, listen, um, it couldn't be any worse than it is now, could it? This is Talk TV. Talk Radio. Across the UK. Online. On DAB. And on your smart speaker. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham. On Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio via DAB online or via the Talk Radio app. And if you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us on 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio.